series on relationships, and uh, we started on Mother's Day, and we thought we'd go till, uh, till uh, Father's Day, um, but uh, it's not really probably going to end today. Um, it, the relationships are a big part of life for us. Uh, Mark Jefferson's going to be sharing next week, and he's going to be talking about a, a part of relationships that I never even thought of, and yet it's uh, excellent, uh, really, really um, good thoughts there as well. So he's going um, to be with us next week, and I just encourage you not to miss out on that. Um, but relationships, it's, it's, what makes, it's what makes our lives, isn't it? You know, it's, it's the things that bring the greatest joy into our lives aren't things. They're, they're people. They're the people that, uh, that are around us. But uh, how many of you know that some of the greatest hurts and pains that come into your life come through people as well? Uh, you know, that, that, that person you chose to spend the rest of your life with can uh, sometimes bring uh, just, just uh, stress and, and uh, uh, angst into your married life. You know, the friends that you hang around with, how many of you have ever been around friends who got you into trouble? Uh, or, or those difficult people that just choose to attend the same church as you and you just don't know how to get along with them. Uh, anybody? No. I knew it. Other churches. All right. But, you know, there's, there's oftentimes in our lives where, where relationships and the things we experience, they affect us in such a big way. And we've been talking about it since Mother's Day, not to think of uh, the family dynamic or the, you know, moms and fathers and, and children in just a biological way to think about it in a, in a bigger spectrum, which is the family of God, that, you know, the kids in this place are a blessing to us as a family, not just to myself or the ones of us who have kids. Uh, for Mother's Day, we talked about moms and how there's more than just for bio moms. God's wired something into you women that uh, just has that nurturing and, and loving uh, uh, and uh, teaching and training uh, gifts on the inside. That's for us as a whole family, not just for your kids. Uh, and same with dads. I'd encourage you today, we're going to talk a little bit to the dads uh, uh, but um, to realize that there's, there's something for, for each of us, even as adults and as parents, in this. But um, one thing we've talked about consistently is that the relationship that we have with Christ affects every other relationship in our life. If that's not, if that's not going well, it is going to affect your other relationships. Sometimes when people have trouble in their marriage, they spend so much time working on their marriage uh, and not realizing that if the relationship with Jesus isn't, isn't healthy— you are up against a brick wall trying to just fix your marriage because those ingredients need to be fixed. And that comes from that relationship with Jesus Christ. So whether you realize that or not, I would encourage you in everything that we do to look at how are the, how are the principles from his word affecting my relationship with him and to continue growing in that. So um, this week I was reading something. I read a story about a dad who had three kids and uh, he, had, uh, he had a prize for one of them, only one of them. And how do you choose between your kids? Uh, you can't pick your favorite because the others don't like that. So you have to make it even. So he says to the, uh, he says to the kids, he's like, okay, we're going to have a test, a competition. He's like, which one of you kids has been the most obedient this week, you know, to your mom? Which one of you has listened to your mom and done everything she said this week? Which one of you has done all the chores that your mom asked you to do this week? And then they all thought together and unanimously said, Dad, you're the winner. <laughs> Happy Father's Day. You know, it's, uh, it's that, that thought sometimes it's fun for us as dads to have a day just for us, you know. It's, uh, it's where your kids get you stuff and, and they dress you up and it, it's just a celebration uh, day for us. And it's great, but some of you might be here and it's not a good day for you. You know, some of you, um, you are listening on podcasts because you didn't want to be anywhere near here today because it's not a happy day for you. I, I realized this morning that there's some of you fathers here who are, or even uh, uh, individuals here have lost your dad recently and it's not easy for you today. We, we know that. We know that some of you here, you've lost a child. And that makes a difficult, difficult Father's Day. And we, we know that here. Uh, for some of you dads, you maybe feel like you failed as a dad. 
that makes it difficult to have a celebration like this today. But I want to encourage you with the fact that we're here to encourage you and strengthen you today. You know, we've said it before that on Mom's Day, it's like, it's like Mother's Day. There's like Proverbs 31. It's like written about super moms and amazing women, you know. There's no Proverbs 32 for dads. You know, you got to look a whole lot harder to find stuff in there. So it's like, it's almost that idea, even if you're the mom who like beats your kids on the way to church on Mother's Day, it's like, if you gave birth to them, you are amazing and, and wonderful and we celebrate you. And then when, on Father's Day, it's like, come on, dads, you bunch of slackers, like, step it up, you know. It's a fatherless generation. Our kids are going to hell in a handbasket because of you, dads. You know, you're not being spiritual enough. You're not do- and, and we beat up the dads. But I don't want to do that today. I just want to encourage you uh, d- today as dads uh, and realize that, uh, well, I just did, you know, but um, <laughs> I'm in there too, right? But, but I want to just talk to dads today a little bit about what the word says primarily. But, but to the moms and children here, I want to give you a thought too as we go. As you're listening to this, this is not, this is not what you're uh, to do is to say, oh yeah, honey, I heard what the, you know, all those verses that were being spoke to you today. The, the Bible just really is clear on that we live our own verse. There's verses written to kids that you're supposed to live. You know, if you're a kid here, you're not supposed to be after church going, dad, come on. You know what? He said this morning, you're not supposed to make your children angry. And if by not letting me have an Xbox and go to my friend's place, that's going to make me angry. You know, so, so don't. You just live your verse, all right, kids? And, and wives, same thing. When we say, hey, husbands, lay down your lives for your wives, it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean, come on, Harold. He said, lay down your life for us. We could really use the insurance money. So um, it's not one of those, one of those thoughts. Just live your verse. So whatever speaks to you today, live what's uh, spoken to you. Um, dads are, are the guys who've got to wear a whole lot of hats. Uh, one of the, we were at the leadership day this uh, little while back, and they had a, had a guy there, a, a dad who hired his own son. And um, they were just talking about being a good leader and realizing that if something's changing in the culture of your company, you got to do something about it. So the dad was there, and his culture was, we treat all of our employees with respect. And he saw his son, who's second in command, just ripping an employee to bits. So he went up there, and he said, uh, he says, son, I'm putting my boss hat on right now, just to let you know you're fired. And then he says, puts on his, says, and now I'm putting on my dad hat. And he says, son, I heard you just lost your job. Would you like to talk about it? Sometimes we got to balance all of these different things of being a dad. i got a video that would show it a little bit, so maybe we'll, uh, we'll do that right now. The joys of uh, being a dad, all the different parts, different, different things, uh, the, the, the opportunities you have as you, as you get to be a father. And, and you're watching that, I realize that, you know, that's like super dad right there. Like, that's the guy who just did it all right, you know. If, if my kids were jumping in the pool or if we jumped in the pool, it'd be like, you're going to wreck the liner, you know. But here, like the, those cool, fun dads, I'd encourage you to, to have that, uh, that, that uh, thought of, you know what, I, I want to be that kind of dad. I want to be the dad who um, has those, those opportunities and takes those opportunities. And, and I guess that question at the end, how much time do you got? Do you got time to uh, invest in being, you know, the best dad that you can be? And I just want to share a couple thoughts with you this morning of what, what, what I— feel like uh, um, has been some, some uh, good principles of being just a good father, a godly father, but even as a godly uh, parent or uh, a godly influence in people's uh, lives, our kids' lives. And one would be to, to live a life of honor. Uh, we have Ephesians chapter 6, you know, famous one that says, honor your father and mother. But before you get to it, um, there's a couple other verses, which are in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2 and 3. Uh, and I know sometimes we, go, we just go so fast, you can't even get to the verse before we, uh, it's read and gone. I want to give you a chance. Um, if, in Ephesians, if, if you got your Bibles with you, just grab them. Um, I know some of you are like, I gave up long ago on bringing my Bible. Well, I'm going to hope to help you bring them back. So if you, if you said, hey, you know, I, I don't really know. I'm not so comfortable. It's all right. There's a thing in the front that shows you, you know, where Ephesians is. But it's close to the back. It's about that far, you know, this, this side. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6. Getting there? Getting there? 
Okay, because I don't want you to miss this. This morning it says this, you kids especially. You turn in there on your, on your devices or whatever. I better go back. I'm going to go to the kids section. Just a second. This one's for them. Dads, you're good for a second. Children. Children. <laughs> I didn't know I was here. Obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Then it says, honor your father and your mother, right? This is that whole idea of we want honor. If this was saying, this is the first commandment with the promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you. Uh, you guys want it to go well for you? Yeah, thumbs up for that. I, you know, I love it. Thanks, Dietrich, for being open to the word. Uh, it says, honor your father and mother, and life will go better for you if you honor them. And his dads were like, yeah, man, kids, you got to honor us because that's what the Bible says. But I'm telling you, dads, live your own verse. And that, that one's not yours. That one's written to kids. Um, the, the thing is, it's written to you in some way uh, because honor, the, the Bible talks about it, is treating things with value, valuing them, revering them, uh, prizing them. How many say, yeah, that's what we do for our fathers? You know, we prize them, we revere them. It, the other part of it is like um, dishonor would be treating them as common. It's like, yeah, they're just like gravel, you know, just it, gravel out there, you, get, you lose a piece, you just get another piece. You know, dads and parents, they're not like that. Uh, and, and the Bible just says to us to value them and honor them. They're in your life for a reason. And you think, well, my dad doesn't deserve any honor. Like, he's a deadbeat. Um, you know, the Bible just even teaches that it's not necessarily honoring them just for their merits, just for the good things they've done, but for who they are, for the position that they have in your life. So no matter what age you are, there's this opportunity and ability to value them, um, to value those in your life, to value the parents that God has uh, placed in your life. I want to ask Daryl to share a little bit. He, uh, he shared something the other night on, on Tuesday night at Bible study. I thought it was pretty cool. So come here, preach. I don't know. Wherever you're comfortable. If you want your wifey beside you, that's all good. All right. <laughs> 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 I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> well, come on. Let's humor him. No. <laughs> uh, is this on? Again. Three years ago. You got talking to it, though. There you go. Uh, three years ago, I, uh, my brother called and wanted me to go with him. We were going to Brantford to do something. Like, I think we were looking at a house. He's doing a little part-time roofing. So we stopped. He had to stop at my parents' place on the way, and he wanted to know if I'd, you know, he could drop me off down the road because, you know, my parents, my dad and I never got along because uh, when I was 13, dad shot me. And, uh, you know, it's overflowing a water trough. doesn't matter why, but for years, I have been trying to, you know, get back to having a relationship with my dad. And uh, it never worked. So I'd given up, you know. I'd, you see these movies where, you know, the father passed away and the son's always never been able to have a relationship with him. I figured that was my life. So uh, we stopped that day, and Dad wasn't there, so I went up. My brother had to clean the eave trough. So, so I noticed the roof was, you know, it had, like, there was actually sea boards. It was bad. So uh, I told my brother, you know, something's got to do something with this roof. And uh, he says, well, Dad hasn't got the money. So that was on Saturday. Sunday I came here and I was talking to Grant on the parking lot about it. And uh, Grant just called that verses up there. He goes, honor thy father. So, uh, you know, with Grant's help, Tom's help, we went and put a roof on his house. And uh, I remember I was a little worried about going over because I wanted to talk to Dad before we did it. And uh, Tom went with me. So Tom went in the living room and Dad's sitting in his lazy boy chair there and Tom's looking at Dad and he's looking over in the corner. And Dad get up and go do something. Tom goes, is that the gun right there? Because Dad always kept the shotgun beside him. And <laughs> that's it. He goes, you sure about this? <laughs> but uh, we did. Two weeks later, you know, with Grant chipped in, Tom's help, 
Tom, myself, and my youngest brother showed up, and we put a roof on Dad's house. And, uh, you know, been since then. It's been great. It's all it took. Honor. My father and mother. I went and had breakfast with them this morning before I come here. It was great. Yeah. So it's, it's amazing. That is. Good. Thank you. <clears throat> See, for the, for the kids of any age, that one's written to you. I know we pick on the youth back there, but it's written to all of us, that idea that we would have this value and honor for our, for our fathers. Um, but there's a verse that comes a little bit later, and it's just, just the next one. It, it just says this. It says specifically to the fathers or to parents in general, but it says, um, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. See, the relationship uh, thought here is not just to the kids. It's not just this idea of honor and value just because, you know, that's your job as a child. But it's saying the instruction is to us as parents that when we're, we're going to relate with children, that there's, a, there's an attitude of kindness and gentleness, and there's a thought behind the, um, our side of relating um, down, uh, I would say, down to them is often the way we think about it, but getting down to their level and relating with them in a way that shows kindness and b- begins to build that, that opportunity. It doesn't just happen by accident. We'll see this in a second. Galatians chapter 6, if you're in Ephesians, just go back one book uh, to Galatians, a couple pages. Uh, it says in Galatians chapter 6, in verse um, 7, uh, we just did a whole study on Galatians. And in this spot, we were talking about... Um, uh, how the people were treating each other and how they, if they wanted to live by the law or if they, they wanted to live by grace. But right in the middle of all this, this final spot here, he said this, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. You're not going to plant corn and harvest strawberries. If you plant something, that's what's going to grow. And it's not just saying, he's not just talking about, hey, we just had this lesson about all spiritual things. Let's throw an agricultural lesson in there because they have no idea what they're doing, these fishermen. Let's tell them about farming. It wasn't that at all. It was this idea that what you plant in the spiritual realm and in your emotional realm, you're going to reap that in your life. And, and so sometimes what we think is, hey, there's the idea of it's on kids to honor us. But I would want to challenge us and encourage us that we reap what we sow. If we become men and women of honor and men and women who honor, then honor is, what, uh, is something that we will reap in our lives as well. Uh, honor, is, um, honor is intentional. It's something that, um, that uh, thinks about those who, who are around them. Honor wakes up and says, the people in my life, how have I treated them and how am I going to treat them today? There's purpose, and otherwise it's like you wake up and it's the same old, same old. Yeah, I still have four kids. Okay, good, let's go. It's that, but that idea of being thankful for them, for that person in, in your life that you're spending your life with, your spouse, being uh, intentional about honoring them. Honor keeps a fresh appreciation for those around them. It's that perspective, not allowing it, uh, allowing it to change, allowing to recognize your wife again for, like, for the first time, to see her and realize, you know what, she's a different person every time you meet her. Something has happened in her life. She's bought something. Uh, she's not the same person that she was. You know, she's probably lost something. Your children, you know, they're not going to be the same every single day. And there's a chance for that fresh appreciation of who they are and what they're, what they're doing in their lives. That's something that, that, that um, takes some intention. It's called honor. Honor compliments and encourages instead of criticizes and discourages. Uh, parents of honor are the ones who s- realize that life and death are in the power of your tongue. You know, maybe you look at your teenage son and you think, oh, he's good for nothing. I cannot get that kid to do any work. 
don't speak that over his life because the opposite is true. If you speak life into him and say, son, you know, I'm proud of you. You're growing into a man. I believe you're, you know, you're, you can grow in responsibility and, and just some different things. And I love you and, and I'm glad you're my son. Watch them rise to that level. It's, it's, the, way that, it's the, way it, uh, the way it works. You know, maybe like, well, I wasn't raised that way. My dad never said that to me and, and I turned out. You know, the old dogs can learn new tricks. That's, that's a good thing. So maybe you just practice with me. Just say the word great. Great. It's a kid word. You know, you can use that. Kid, son, you're great. How, how about amazing? It's a little tougher, but try it with me. Amazing. Wonderful. Fantastic. Wow, 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 wow. I'm telling you, your wife comes in, you say just that. I mean, it makes her day. She smiles. She's like, she's second guessing you for a minute, but she's smiling, right? Why? Because it's this idea of what have you done? You've just brought something into their life. You've just brought value to them. You know, you came into a room and man, it, it just, it did something. Honor is intentional that way. So if we want to be people who are honored, uh, it would be something that we uh, sow as well as sowing honor. There's a thing called the Medal of Honor. It's not just a video game for you Xbox geeks back there. It's actually a, it's actually a medal that they give to. It's the highest medal you could achieve in the uh, American military. But only less than 3,500 people have ever received it since it's been given. Why? Because it's that tough of a thing to, 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 to get. But I would think, wouldn't it be amazing if, if in our lifetime that our children or the, the, the people that we've had an influence in, maybe your Sunday school teacher and it's those kids who just say, wow, you know what, this person made a huge difference in my life. I am who I am because of, of them and their input in my life. And I value that person and I realize that they are somebody that's important to me would be a greater medal of honor than that say something could just be pinned on your jacket. And you, can re- you could re- be receiving that same kind of thing where people would say about you, wow, that person is fantastic. <laughs> they're amazing. I'm so glad they're my neighbor. I'm so glad that they were my Sunday school teacher. I'm so glad that they were my dad. They're amazing. Proverbs 21, 21. Um, it's in Proverbs, which is sort of in the middle there. If you flip over. Verse 21. I'll give you a chance. Okay, chance is up. It's on the screen. Whoever pursues uh, righteousness... And unfailing love will find life, righteousness, and honor. Just jot that one down on the next one, which is Proverbs 22, 4. It says, true humility and the fear of the Lord, they lead to riches, to honor, and to a long life. You see, honor is not the result of you commanding or demanding it from those around you. Honor is a result of pursuing the important things in life. Honor is a result. It's, a, it's the, the, the harvest that you get from pursuing righteousness instead of perfection. You know, as a dad, to realize, you know, I, I, my righteousness, my right standing with God is more important than having it all looking together or having perfection. Uh, unfailing love, pursuing that instead of unending criticism. Pursuing unending love is not for you, but to, to give that to others. True humility instead of pride. The fear of the Lord, pursuing that instead of the fear of men and what they think. He says, you know what, honor, you will be a person, a man who is honored because of that. And I, I would just encourage us, let's be the dads who bring honor back into our marriages, bring honor back into our families, bring honor back into our church, to our communities, to our workplace, that there's a value that we bring because we're intentional about it. And the second thought is don't be afraid to be a superhero. You know, this new Superman movie came out a couple days ago called Man of Steel. If any of you uh, 
earned a Superman, been around for 75 years, still not dead, and you can still do crazy things. So he's uh, a superhero. You know, as a kid, you, maybe you're like me, you thought, man, your dad is like a superhero. Like that guy, I mean, he can handle anything. You know, in the parking lot, you're out with the friends or in the playground. He's like, my dad's stronger than your dad. Yeah, well, my dad's got bigger biceps than your dad. Yeah, well, my dad's got a bigger mouth than your dad. Yeah, well, my dad, you, and you know, he can do all this stuff. And your dad is the greatest. And you'd have these wars. And you always got to win, unless you're my daughter. Uh, my daughter, this week, we were talking about that. And my son was saying, dad, you're so strong. And she's like, right away, corrects him. Gee, dad's not the strongest. And I was like, all right, who is? Uncle Ronnie's the strongest. He can lift 10 packs of water with his pinky finger. And I'm like, she was out on the playground and she believed that other person. It's so not true. And yet she's this, this thought of, you know, realizing that, that your dad is the greatest. You know, I remember that moment. Uh, for her, it happened at six that she realizes dad's not a superhero. Do you remember the moment for you? I, I do. I remember I was, I don't know how old I was, but I remember that we were sitting in our living room one night and my dad came in and he was just tears running down his face. I, I don't think I remember seeing my dad cry before that. And um, uh, that night he came in, he knelt down and we're like, dad, what's wrong? And he's like, I just, he just got off the phone and three students from his high school had been killed in a car accident. And just the tears flowing. And, and it was nothing, you know, we, nothing we could say, nothing we could do that would make it better because it was just dad being dad, dad being, being real. But us realizing, whoa, dads cry. You know, there was a, another time where, where I realized where my brother and I, I told you this story before, we, we, were, uh, we went fishing over at Bing Park, but we weren't fishing for fish. We were fishing for lures that those Italian guys would lose. You know, they were rich and could afford it, and we couldn't. So we, my brother would put on a, um, he'd put on a life jacket, and uh, he'd go swimming in the water, and I had the rope. So when he would get the lures, I would pull him back in. And uh, then we would, you know, we'd make big bucks. We had it planned out. Well, the problem is we put a 120-pound brother into an 80-pound life jacket, and uh, not 80 pounds, it only held 80 pounds, and we put a little string of yarn on there to pull him back in. So he went out there and into the waterfalls and sucked right under, and I'm pulling the string, and out comes the string. And my brother's down under the water somewhere, being churned around by this waterfall. And I see remember, still remember dad jumping in to rescue his son and swimming in there. And afterwards saying, you know, I realized once I had gotten in the water, I didn't have the, you know, the strength just to push him to, to, to save him. I realized the, the water was drowning him. And it was this thought of, you know, wow, my dad, you know, he could have he been gone. That he, he's, not, he's, not, he's not superhuman. He, he can't rescue everything. And it's a lot of times we think, you know, does that make him a bad dad? No, but for some of us as dads, we, we have this thought that we focus so much on our weaknesses, the things that, that may, you know, make us into a, into a bad dad, things we try and hide or things we, we don't want to be up front with because we're, you know, we're afraid that we're not going to be perfect or we're not going to have that image of being, you know, that strong, proud type of uh, person. But I, I want to encourage you that even, um, even the greatest superheroes have weaknesses. You know, Superman has that whole kryptonite thing, you know, and yet he still saves universes. I, I want to encourage you as, as dads that, that, you know, there's going to be weaknesses in our life that sometimes we want to think we got to hide and keep out of the way and whatever else. But I encourage you to be authentic as, as parents, to live and realize, you know what, these weaknesses that I have in my life, that, I would, that I'd be able to share in the right timing with my kids, that they would avoid the weaknesses that I've gone through, that we would be able to, uh, to be encouraging to them and, and, and allow them to realize, you know what, our strength isn't just in and of ourselves, that we'd point them to where real strength comes from that we continue to point our kids to, uh, to the Lord and the relationship with Him, that we don't have to have it all together, but that we know someone who does. Psalm 28, and it's all through the Bible, but David says this, Psalm 28, verse 7 and 8, you can jot it down, check it out later. Um, it says, The Lord's my strength, my shield. 
The Lord is my strength. It says, I trust him with all my heart. He helps me and my heart's filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. The Lord gives his people strength. He's a safe fortress for his anointed king. You know, it just talks about this. And all through, you see, see where even in the, in the New Testament, the, the apostles were going through tough stuff. And they just said, let's pray. Let's just ask Holy Spirit to come fill us again because we need it. We're like scared. We don't got it all together. We don't even know what we're going to do. But you know, I, my encouragement to you as dads and as parents is to be spirit-filled parents. When you get into those places where it's tough with little Johnny, you're not sure what to do, to pray. Just say, you know what? Uh, Holy Spirit, I need your help right now. I, I need just that divine wisdom of what it takes to, to parent. You know, we have so many men who are real tough on the outside. You get your big trucks out there and, you know, the big mud tires. And yet, you know, if it comes to praying with a kid, too scared to do that. You know, pray with your wife and to do spiritual things with, with the, those important to you. I would want to just speak courage into your lives. Courage to say, let's be brave where it matters most. Let's be brave in the, in the opportunities where we can where we can speak life into our kids and, and where we can be that example of showing them to ha- that relationship with God and realizing, I don't got it in myself and I need help and I need strength from him because they see that in you. And the last thought is this, remember? Dad knows everything. He does. You know, the stage of life at the age of four, they say that, you know, kids believe by the age of four that dad knows everything. Age of eight, well, dad knows almost everything. Age 12, dad knows many things. Age 15, dad knows one or two things. Age 18, dad knows nothing. Age 30, maybe dad did know one or two things. Age 40, actually dad knows many things. You know, age 50, dad knows everything. Age 60, I wish dad was here because I sure have a few things I'd like to ask him. See, dad knew everything all the way. You know, from, from the beginning to end, I was, we just did a reno at our house. And we, uh, we were tearing apart all the walls in, the, in, our, in our main room to, to redo the kitchen. And uh, I was a little worried and nervous at first because I'm like, you know, I, you tear down the walls and the, the roof might cave in. I, I didn't know. And so I'm like, well, but my dad's there. And I'm like, my dad knows everything about construction. So, you know, as long as he's there, I really don't have to be worried. But I, I was a little. So I went to my buddy Howie Nyes and I got a jack and I got some piece of wood just in case, you know, if, you know just in case dad doesn't know everything and we go meet Jesus together as soon as we pull the walls down. I was like, I, w- I want to make sure I got a backup plan or something. But dad, but I had this thought of, dad knows everything. So as we went along, I was like, dad, you sure you know how to do plumbing? I know, son, I know. I'm so like, okay, dad, we're going to do plumbing. And there might have been leaks everywhere at first, but he fixed it. He does know how to do everything. And, I, and all of a sudden, as we got, had gone through this journey, it was like the worry of, is this going to work? Is is this going to work? Well, it worked. Wow, it worked. Yeah, it, it worked. The worry disappears because you realize that even though I don't know anything, I, I know that I know the guy who knows everything. So in, in, this, in this particular instance, I was like, man, it really helps when you're in that spot when you realize that dad knows everything. And it's the same with building your life. It's the same with building your marriage. It's the same with building your family. Dad knows everything. And you're not the dad who does. But I give you some good, good thought. Between you and God, you guys know everything. You know, God knows everything. You know the rest. So you have it covered. But I want to just leave you with this verse from Matthew. It's the first book of the uh, New Testament. Sort of in the middle, a little bit to the, little bit to the right. Just turn with me there, Matthew chapter 6. I want you to miss this one. Maybe mark you a little star there so you read it again sometime because it's just, it's just good. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. It says this, No one can serve two masters. So, Jesus has just been talking to them about this whole idea of how do we relate with money. Uh, and he said this, no one can serve two masters. You'll hate one, you'll love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't serve both God and money. So this is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. 
whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. Um, it says, for your heavenly Father feeds them. Says he calls him your heavenly Father. See, he's talking to this. He's already saying, hey, it's not just my Father who's doing this. This is your heavenly Father. He says, and aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all the worries add a single day or moment to your life? Ask yourself that question. The things you worry about, things you panic about, the things that are in your mind when you go to bed at night, any of those things you worry about, are they adding anything to your life at all? Do they have the possibility to actually fix it? No. So why worry about clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothes, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into a fire tomorrow, he'll certainly care for you. He'll certainly care for you. So why do you have so little faith? You know, that really says, why do you have so little trust in God and who he is? Why do you have so little belief in the fact that dad is who he says he is? That dad can take care of you. So he says, don't, um, don't worry about these things in verse 31, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? And what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. He says, but your heavenly father already knows. <laughs> your heavenly father already knows. Dad already knows all your needs. So seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously and he'll give you everything that you need. You know, the, the, the Bible just says that dad already knows. Thing is, we don't, we don't know. We don't know him in that way. But his word is so full of wisdom on how to be a great dad. Full of wisdom on how to be a great husband. How to be a great parent. How to be a great friend. How to be a great boss. It's all, it's all in here. There's so much of that. There's, there's so much wisdom on building th- the things that matter. Building your family. Uh, building a life that you can say, you know, I love the life that, that I have, the, that I'm blessed to be living what I'm living. But it says this, worry dominates the life of unbelievers. You know, if there's a lot of worry in your life, we're not saying you're not saved. We're saying there's, there's an unbelieving um, thought to, to who God is. To, to realizing that, you know, there's something in me that says I'd rather fear than trust that God is, is bigger. And some of you are going through some real stuff. I mean, real stuff to really worry about in, in a worldly sense. You know, what do we do with tumors? What do we do with these kind of things? What do we do with needing a job? What do we do with I have a job and I need a house? There are definitely real things to worry, worry about. He says, don't. He says, dad already knows. So I want to encourage you with that thought. You know, there's a dad, uh, I leave with this story, who was listening to his kid play at the neighbor kids outside. And uh, the kids were, uh, were playing, and the one kid said, yeah, my dad, he knows the mayor. And the other kid said, yeah, well, my dad knows prime minister. Yeah, my dad knows Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, well, well, my dad, you know, he knows Tom Cruise. And the other guy's like, well, you know, the little kid says, well, yeah, my dad knows God. End of the conversation. As the dad heard that, he just ran to his room, knelt by his bed, and he prayed, Father, may my child always be able to say that my dad knows God. See, because really the, res- the relationship, the greatest one that we have, the greatest one in all of our relationships is the one with him. See, it, 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 it doesn't matter if you don't know everything that's going on. If you know the one who does, you're good. You're good. See, it's worry, worry fills the hearts of people who are still wanting to be God in their own life. Still want to make their own, their, their own choices, their own decisions. You know, they've got to... They've They've got to make an understanding of, you know, the tough things that are going in their lives and, you know, whether they're going to make it or whatnot. This just says, you know what, not to worry, just to to trust God, trust Dad. He knows. And I want to encourage you with that this morning, that if you don't have a relationship with Him, 
that if you don't know him, it, this whole thing of Christianity wasn't about doing rules and doing right and not doing wrong, try to do more good than bad. Not, nothing about that. It was just this idea of that I would do life with God, that, that I would do church with God, that I would do being a dad with God, that I would do my work with God, that there was this relationship with him. And wherever we are, wherever we find ourselves, that you can have life with God. So my encouragement to us as dads primarily, but to all of us, is that we'd be people who live a life that values honor and brings honor back into our, into our relationships. That would be people who say, let's be authentic in who we are. That our weaknesses are, are great chances for God to show his strength and to, to be honest and be real with each other. Have genuine relationships. And this third part, to just know dad, to continue to grow in your relationship knowing dad. The Bible study would be a great way to do that. Talking with your friends about him, great way to do that. Spending time just in worship in the word, great way to do that. But then also to realize that every day, just as every moment of every day, that you have the opportunity to do that moment, to do that task with God or without him. My encouragement to you is to do it with dad. Life is better that way. Let's just pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that you're father. <laughs> thank you that you're dad. Thank you that you're a, a dad who loves unconditionally and uh, has given us a chance to really live. Father, I thank you for that. Thank you for the dads here in this place this morning, uh, that you've blessed them with the opportunity to be fathers. I pray that, that you anoint them to be great dads. Uh, Lord, I pray that as we take your word and we sow it in our hearts, that it would bring change in us and who we are, that we would uh, be great influences to the, to the kids around us, whether they're ours or others. Uh, that would be great influences to one another, that we would honor the people in our lives uh, that are above and below us with the same kind of honor. And Father, above all, that we would honor you, that we would value you uh, in our lives and, and, and live our lives for you. Just thank you this morning for the chance to spend this time together. Pray that we, uh, as people go from here to their families, that you go with them. They, they would take your joy and your hope and your love to the situations and places and, and relationships where they're headed. And, and I just pray again, God, your blessing over them. Uh, thanks for putting this family together. It is pretty amazing to just to be your kids and to celebrate you. Love you a lot. We honor you today, Father. Uh, for this is your day, the day you've made. It's in your name we pray. Amen.